Welcome to the Remote CEO Show. My name is De Niro Bartolini, AKA De Niro B. I'm an acclaimed business coach and my moonshot is to change the face of work and business forever. With each episode, we bring you some of the most inspiring and insightful interviews with six, seven, eight, and nine figure entrepreneurs to crack the code on how to build your remote empire and have fun while doing it. Thanks for stopping by and let's get started. What's going on, CEOs? De Niro B here with another episode of the Remote CEO Show. Today, we're here with Lance Grolich. Lance is the CEO of Ion Franchising, a renowned franchise consulting and development group representing over 750 franchise brands. He has played a crucial role in the growth of a 225 million TGI Fridays franchise and as a multi-unit franchisee of Wingstop and Krispy Kreme Donuts. Lenz also founded the popular Pink Box Donut chain in Las Vegas and collaborated on a bakery project with a Food Network star. This is going to be an amazing chat. Let's get right into it. Lance, welcome to the Remote CEO Show. How are you doing today? De Niro, I am fantastic. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me here. Absolutely. I ask every single one of my guests to tell us about their story. And so what is your story? What made you become an entrepreneur? Oh, I have one heck of a story. Uh, you know, people always wonder how entrepreneurs become entrepreneurs. And uh, was it a lab accident? Was it environmental? I grew up in an entrepreneurial family, De Niro. And guess what? Both grandfathers, one that barely spoke English, Polish immigrant. He was a businessman, owned supermarkets. The other grandfather was a real estate attorney and played real life Monopoly, buying buildings for himself and, and clients. And dad was on Wall Street. So I got to see the trifecta of investments unfold in front of me, you know, business ownership, real estate and uh, and Wall Street. So uh, I didn't have a chance to really be a, an employee very long. My dad called me unemployable because of what I got to see growing up, the freedom that my family had. And uh, I, I toyed around on Wall Street with dad because it was easy. I was good at it, but I didn't enjoy it. Left Wall Street, left New York, headed for greener pastures for a, a tech uncle that wanted to build a billion dollar restaurant franchise organization. And I helped him with that for five years. We got to $225 million a year. I got a hell of an education in that. And then I went out on my own. I became an entrepreneur on my own in my own right. I was a franchisee for brands like Wingstop, Krispy Kreme Donuts. I was a partner in that and the operator as well um, for two states, Nevada and Utah. Wow. Created a brand called Pink Box Donuts that's now super famous in Las Vegas. Yeah. Did that uh, from scratch. Tried the let's create my own thing routine. And uh, all these years later, I'm a franchise broker. I have a podcast called Ion Franchising. And truly, I help people. I'm sure most of your audience, if you have a successful business, I can help you set up a franchise system and grow and scale that way. Or, you know, if you're uh, looking to do your own thing, whether you have a high net worth or limited net worth, I can find a franchise business that works for you. So uh, I enjoy helping people find freedom through business ownership. 
That's fantastic. And so I want to talk about franchising in next couple of minutes. Before we get there, I want to get something else out of the way here at the Remote CO. We like to talk about how entrepreneurs are able to manage and lead their teams across multiple states and sometimes everywhere, you know, across the world. So how is your team structured and how are you able and were you able even a few years ago to manage a team without having to be around them all the time? This is my favorite question, De Niro, because what I do now as a remote CEO, I have sales folks in different states. But in the past with restaurants, and I have multiple friends that own restaurants across the country, and thankfully we have technology. We have all kinds of metrics and dashboards and alerts that we get to our phone. You know, if uh, if the point of sale, you know, the cash register at a donut shop, uh, all of a sudden someone hits the void button. You know, my friends get an alert to their phone that somebody hit the void button. What's going on in Kentucky? So it is a different world we're living in with technology. But the reason I left Wall Street is the people side of the business, exactly what you're talking about. I absolutely love calibrating and recalibrating and getting on the same page with my team. But I honestly believe all of it starts with hiring the right people in the first place, giving them incredibly clear direction. And even if you screw something up as the as the boss, as the CEO, you redirect on a regular basis, you recalibrate, you have regular check-ins. Zoom is an amazing platform to check in with people or FaceTime. So for me, it's really about being hip to hip, even from a distance, to understand what your people are experiencing, what their challenges are, what their frustrations are. As, as you and most of your audience have heard at some point, people don't leave companies when they're unhappy. They leave people. They're not happy with people. So I could tell you examples. There's not enough time today, but I could tell you examples of when I realized when I left New York and went to Arizona and was working with TGI Friday's restaurants. And, and I realized I wasn't doing the right thing. And I realized it was a cultural thing. My abrasive New York, Brooklyn attitude mm-hmm. did not work in Mesa, Arizona. <laughs> so that culture thing is a big thing right there. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, you said something. I was actually taking some notes because I didn't want to forget this. Uh, you're saying that you got to find the right people to begin with. And I can't stress this enough. My listeners know this. I talk about this in my book. And it's so important, even more so when, when than when you have an office. Because when you have an office, more or less, if workers feel like there's the pressure of management being around at all times, they're going to do the work more or less, of course. But they're yes. going to try harder, so to speak. But yes. when you have team members spread across the entire nation or even across, you know, the other side of the world, you need to have someone that you know are going to show up no matter what. They're going to be able to do the work without having you sending behind yes. them. And so choosing the right team members, like you said, it's super important. And what I also love what you said about people don't leave jobs and don't leave, you know, companies, but they leave people. Uh, I, I know this very well. I had people that thought that they were in the complete wrong industry come on the show and share their stories with us. And then all they need to do is just literally change the company, same exact industry, 
maybe even worse hours, so to speak, but yes. just because the culture was better and they felt like they were part of a team and working towards something bigger than themselves, they were able to reframe what they were doing on a daily basis and really shine instead of, you know, going home and being depressed and not happy with their job, which yeah, is hundred percent. Yeah. And so now I want to switch gears and start talking about what you're again, an expert in, which is franchising. I know it's a term that almost everybody knows, but not a lot of people understand. And so um, can you give us a couple of examples of businesses that started very small, I guess, like, I guess every franchise are very small, but yes. successful franchises that everybody knows and how they were able to go from, you know, one location, mom and pop to actually becoming staples in, in uh, you know, in the world sometimes. Yeah, there there's a there's a lot of examples. Uh, Five Guys Burgers, as an example, uh, Five Guys was a family um, bunch of guys had a burger place and uh, gentleman I know, Dan Rowe with France Smart spotted them and said, you know, I could take you across the country. And what a lot of business owners get stuck with and they get stuck with, how do I do this? Everybody gets hung up on the how. And there's so many options. How do we grow? And the reality is Dan Rowe took them from one location to 500 or so pretty quickly through franchising. Because franchising is just licensing your name and your system, your procedures. And the big difference between, let's say, a franchise and a typical licensing deal that we hear lots of on, let's say, Shark Tank, for example, is franchising, you're exercising a large amount of control. Mm -hmm. And so McDonald's, think of Ray Kroc. Mm -hmm. That was the idea that McDonald's was the idea of McDonald's brothers. And Ray Kroc was a milkshake salesman, equipment salesman, and spotted the McDonald's brothers having some success. The McDonald's brothers didn't necessarily know what they had in their hands. Mm -hmm. But Ray Kroc instantly as a sales guy had the vision, I'm going to take this thing across the country. Mm -hmm. And he essentially stole the McDonald's brand from them. I don't know that they ever got much money for that transaction. And Ray Kroc was the one that developed the franchise system. Many listeners have seen the founder movie that yeah. uh, at least, you know, illustrates that illustrates it, including the tennis court scene. That's great. Drawing <laughs> out the kitchen plan. But, you know, so the bottom line is um, not all franchises are created equal. There are some that are certainly better than others. And, you know, what I do in my life is I, understand who this person is and match them up with the best franchise for them. And in most cases, I surprise the heck out of people because people understand retail franchises and restaurant franchises because they see them in their face on a regular basis in every shopping center in America. I have a friend that owns 19 Great Clips hair salons. He's bald and doesn't know how to cut hair. Franchising is the best way to get into business for yourself, not by yourself, with something you don't even necessarily know about, you know, De Niro, the average person doesn't have an award-winning idea that needs to be born. Mm -hmm. Not everybody's Mark Zuckerberg in college has an idea for Facebook yeah. or Jeff Bezos for Amazon. Yeah. Those are just tech examples, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. And so don't remember if we're talking about this before I press the record button or after I press the record button, <laughs> but I'm going to mention this again. Um, you were talking about the fact that uh, there's so many different types of franchises and they're in every single niche. And my listeners 
they don't have a specific niche, but they are, most of them are scaling a business. Some of them already have a successful business in their hands. And so if yes. you decided to scale to multiple locations, how would they be able to do it with the franchise system? And Or better question, how can they start getting set up for the franchising system then to actually make sense for their yeah. business? No, that's that's a great question. I, I just got approached the other day. A gentleman heard me on my podcast who ha has a tremendously successful company. And he and I had a call just the other day, and he asked the same type of question. He wanted to understand, as any smart CEO, is this is franchising for me? And how do I do it? What's involved? And uh, and and he is going to do it. He has a staffing division that he thinks needs to be everywhere. And it's easier for him in this example to uh, allow people that have the appropriate skill set. They don't necessarily have to be in staffing. And if they're lacking sales ability, they're going to hire a sales team regardless. And, and again, that's the beauty of franchising. Like my friend that owns Great Clips, he doesn't know how to cut hair and he has no hair. He's not even a customer. <laughs> so the reality is, Almost anything can be franchised. What I look for is what is your secret sauce, whether you're a staffing company, a restaurant, an automotive franchise, what is your secret sauce? What is so proprietary? What is so good? What is so exciting that somebody is going to look at you, look at your brand and want to invest in your brand? Because at the end of the day, franchisees are investing their money in your brand because they believe in something. They believe in you. They believe in the brand. They want to achieve, you know, some franchisees are incredibly successful. I did a deal with the guy that's practically a billionaire recently because he wanted to set up his family in something generally that was easy, that was foolproof. And I showed him a franchise that I believe is foolproof and the history proves that. Yeah. So at least thus far, <laughs> yeah. things can change. So uh, I set up, I just set up a barbecue concept in Colorado to franchise. They already have 10 million in sales across a couple of few, few locations. They have a proven track record. But De Niro, there are a lot of brands that start off with only one location, starts with one or one territory, if you will, if it's a home services type brand. And, and maybe they don't have the appropriate proven track record. Believe it or not, Wingstop is a household name now. Yeah. When I joined Wingstop, guess what? The numbers were not so good. Yeah. But I had the same vision after meeting the ownership group that they were going places. And some of the challenges they were having with chicken wing prices and other things were going to change. And I believed in that and invested my money and got some other investors together because I took down a big area to develop. I eventually became president of the Franchise Advisory Council because I was good and I helped other franchisees. Nice. But um, So franchising is something at least to explore. If you don't have all your own money and you don't want to bother with raising capital and being responsible and being, you know, dealing with all of that, franchising is an amazing way to think of the octopus get those tentacles out there without you moving you know you can yeah. still be remote a remote ceo yeah. and have a franchise system absolutely and so from what i understand here is that you know uh, of course you got to create value because you got to sell the idea 
the idea and the brand. But because it's not licensing and it's franchising, and because we want to, of course, have a system that uh, that that works well across the board and the same across the board, business owners that want to think about franchising their brand, they need to create systems that are yes. Okay. Yes. So can you tell us about what you're looking into, like when it comes to potential for a brand, maybe a brand is doing very well, but then you go and really explore their location and they're kind of all over the place in a way. <laughs> what would be one or two tips that you would give someone that's been thinking about franchising, but they're not quite ready when it comes to their standardized systems? De Niro, that is an amazing question. And I, I, I go through this all the time. Uh, just this morning, in a Facebook group, a gentleman posted about he has a cleaning franchise, a residential cleaning franchise. And someone piped up and commented, why would I buy a residential cleaning franchise when I can do it all myself? Which obviously is the million dollar question. Yeah. Can, num number one, can you? Do you know about purchasing? Do you know about marketing? Do you know about hiring? Do you know about branding? Do you know about digital marketing specifically and SEO and all these things? So the bottom line is, you know, customer acquisition, of course, huge one. How do you how do you gain customers in all this in any crowded field? But to answer your question, one of the first things I do, you could imagine what I do when I talk to business owners. I looked at somebody that was in the beauty business. They contacted me. They didn't even have a good website. It was an awful website. So you and I both know, and your listeners know, if you're buying into somebody's business, whether you're a straight investor or you're a potential franchisee, you're looking for value. Yeah. You're looking for what does De Niro B know that I don't know? Can he really help me? Do I really believe? And if somebody has a lousy website, okay, you can fix that. But then the training. Is it, is it all in a paper manual from 1980? Or do they have a learning management system? Do they have videos in place? Almost any business can achieve that today. That is not costly. At minimum, you can shoot videos and put it up on a private YouTube channel and let them host it for you, right? Mm -hmm. So I look at everything regarding, regarding systems. You know, I look, look at procedures. If it's a restaurant, is everything in writing? Now, the reality is it takes our team, attorneys, et cetera, four months to set up a franchise system. It's almost like writing a book, starting mm -hmm. with strategy and a business plan. Yeah. So I have had plenty of brands that have an amazing Instagram presence. Their revenue is amazing, but their systems are garbage, De Niro. Mm -hmm. So I know within four months, if we hurry... We can get it all done. But truth be told, when I joined Krispy Kreme, we were the second franchisee for Krispy Kreme. And they had a really, really long history before they set up for franchising. Mm -hmm. They didn't have troubleshooting charts. In a bakery, you can screw it all up. But then you don't have a guide that shows you, why did that donut, why did the hole just close up in the donut? Mm -hmm. I know this sounds silly, but the reality is you want to be able to teach any employee that's a baker specifically, yep. how to make a donut and how not to screw it up. <laughs> yeah. 
So we need those tools and systems and procedures. And so just quick question about Krispy Kreme, just because now like it's, it's a follow-up question that, that just came to mind. Sure. So they didn't have these systems. And so were you then like you, you created those systems as well, or are they still kind of in that situation where they don't have the system, but it's running well? No, no. Krispy Kreme, um, Krispy Kreme didn't have the systems, but that is the beautiful part about a franchise. You not only do you get the training and support from the corporate team, but there's a huge amount of collaboration and best practices that are shared from top performing franchisees. We were a top performing franchise mm. franchisee. We reported to corporate. My old friend Albert, who was senior vice president of operations, who I still speak to, he's no longer at Krispy Kreme. Mm. But uh, I said, Albert, I'm, I don't like the training materials. Yeah, And this is before the internet, mind you. So I said, I don't like the training materials. I'm going to create an example of a troubleshooting chart. In fact, I have it in my garage here in my house. <laughs> I found it the other day. I'm going to create a troubleshooting chart. And I'd like to see more of this. You know, this is what we expect. And uh, it's it's kind of like the yardstick. How do you measure any business, whether it's an air conditioning franchise or a donut shop? Mm -hmm. What is success? And the more materials you have that are used on a regular basis, I'm not talking about creating materials for the sake of just creating something. These have to be great usable tools yeah. that are uh, people are trained on and followed up on on a regular basis. And uh, and that's what we helped Krispy Kreme with. But any great franchise brand eventually creates all of these materials, yeah. whether they have them in the early stages or not. So, uh, no, something to keep in mind. Yeah, so 100%. I wanted to talk about marketing. And that's because a lot of my listeners, uh, they have great business ideas. You're doing a great job at, 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 at providing outstanding service and customer service. Uh, but at the same time, marketing is one of those pain points. When I talk about marketing, it can even be sales, direct sales or outside sales, whatever it is. Um, how can a person uh, benefit from of course the brand let's say if you brought if you if you open a mcdonald's like anywhere like generally speaking you'll get people walking in but aside from that let's take away the aspect of you know like a huge brand if you're buying a franchise it may not be super known locally does the franchisor help you with the marketing and what's actually uh you know expected of the franchisee to do um to promote the yeah business? Great question. So marketing is a huge part of franchising, even if it's a smaller brand. When I opened the first Wingstop, all, all I ended up doing opening week was $5,000, which was nothing. Mm -hmm. The brand wasn't known. It's okay. We did essentially a soft opening. By the time I opened store number four, I was doing you know records, 34,000 a week. Mm -hmm. So the bottom line is there's two parts to what all franchises do with, with a marketing fund. Number one, there's the local store marketing, LSM, which is, you know, things you're doing in your local market, sponsoring the local baseball team. And, mm. um, you know, uh, Krispy Kreme did, you know, you get an A on your report card, bring in your report card, we'll stamp it, it, we'll give you a free donut type of thing. Awesome. So those are all local things. Um, then, you know, you have radio and TV and obviously today all things digital marketing, social media. The beauty of franchises today with social media, I have a lot of small brands that are growing tremendously 
because of their TikTok presence, yes, um, their Instagram presence, Facebook campaigns, Facebook ads. I have a, a window tinting franchise that a friend of mine owns that's killing it. And they're doing Facebook ads and getting huge accounts because they're in a very narrow niche that most other people aren't even doing. So the the fact is, it's all about resources, De Niro. You know, a uh, very prominent, successful 10-figure friend of mine always said, resource up. There's enough, enough resources out there to get the answers. Well, guess what? Franchising is that. When I take people through the process of selecting the right franchise for them, if marketing is your deepest concern, I have brands that are owned by private equity groups that have customer lists so that when you land and open in Kansas City, yeah. as an example, yeah. they might have 10 other brands that operate in Kansas City. Well, guess what? They have all that data and all those customers. And all those customers that are customers of another brand that's in their portfolio get a phone call, get an email, get you know a package delivered, if you will, yeah. saying, we're in town and you've used our services before for our sister company and we're happy to help you with plumbing now or electrical or whatever it might be so all right that's that's fantastic that's something that uh, i know a lot of business owners are super afraid of or generally speaking marketing like i said it's something that people know that needs to get done but sometimes they get lost and they're not really able to do it the right way but with franchising it's definitely a complete different story absolutely like, is there Anything exciting that you want to share with our audience about your business? Uh, something really that that you know uh, our audience will want to to check out in the next uh, few days, even that's coming up. Yeah, well, you know, my podcast is Ion Franchising, E Y E on Franchising. It's doing incredibly well. It's uh, getting on almost two years now, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, my business has never been better. Thank goodness, and part of that is. In times of adversity, we don't know what's going on with the economy these days. Is there a recession? Is there not a recession? When's it going to get better? Interest rates are high. The reality is now is the best time for anybody to get into a business for a lot of reasons. Most of my businesses are completely recession proof. Mm -hmm. So what's going on great for me is that business has never been better. I had a record first few months of the year. And uh, look, I, I love helping people. I love helping people that feel like they're stuck, feel like they're trapped. They've been doing the same old thing for years and they don't know how to get unstuck and find a new path to help themselves, help their families, build generational wealth. And even if you've built generational wealth, I have a path. And you know, it's funny, the remote CEO, De Niro, When I knew I was going to be on your show and I had already listened to some episodes, the beauty of franchising today and what I do is that I have so many remote CEO franchise friends. It's really what we call semi-absentee ownership. There are a lot of crazy successful franchise brands the audience has never even heard of where those franchisees are essentially remote CEOs. They don't even live in the same state as their business. (laughs) And they're working 10 or 15 hours a week from afar, reviewing financial statements, maybe hiring a key employee via Zoom. 
Yeah. And uh, it's an incredible opportunity for anybody. And I've never been more excited. And look, I'm happy to help my resource. I'm a free resource completely, De Niro. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, that's what I was going to ask. I'm sure that my listeners want to know more about you, what you do. So where can people find you online, Lance? Yeah. Well, um, I'm kind of all over the place, as I should be. But my name, Lance Gralick, G-R-A-U-L-I-C-H, LanceGralick.com has all of my links and my podcast, Eye on Franchising, E-Y-E on Franchising, um, all over every social media platform. I have a big Instagram presence as well. Awesome. Lance, again, it was a pleasure having you on the show. I'm looking forward to having you back in the future. And in the meantime, enjoy the rest. Thank you, De Niro. (laughs) Thanks. And this is it for today, CEOs. Thanks for staying with us until the end. Can I ask you a big favor? Can you please leave a review? I know the podcast app is not super straightforward. So if you don't know how to leave a review, just DM me on Instagram at denierob, D-E-N-I-E-R-O-B. And I will send you the direct link to the review section. And to show you my appreciation, I will answer any business question you ask me during that conversation. So thank you again. And I will talk to you again soon.